You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Some people that tell, tell me, uh, okay, you don't win the... the, the you didn't. Yeah. Win, you didn't win the the, the entire, entire the entire competition. Will, will you uh, will you uh, subscribe uh, another time day and uh, will you come? And I said yes. Mm, no, no. <laughs> I I don't want people to remember me because I uh, I win a, a competition, you know, day, and uh, it would be a pleasure for me to to see uh, other band get there. Because they they they, they win the the contest, but no, not for me. I I did the experience once. I'm happy with it because uh, we just got a lot more uh, exposure. Hey, what's up, everyone? Matt here from Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. I hope that you had a killer weekend. I most certainly did. This Fox and Hops episode is presented by Heavy Montreal. Heavy Montreal are Montreal's premier metal promoter. And if you are ever in Montreal, trust me when I say this, if you are looking for a killer show to go to, Heavy Montreal will have you covered. I am beyond stoked to have Heavy Montreal behind the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to tell a friend about the podcast. To someone in your life that just loves extreme music and loves craft beer, well, you should definitely let them know that the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast exists. You could tell them that there are over 400 episodes where I sit down with some of the world's best metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while enjoying craft beers. If you would encourage one of your metalhead, beer-loving friends to become a brand new Vox and Hops head, that would be something that I would truly appreciate. This week on the podcast, I'm very stoked to be with Steve DC and James Foster of Strig Empire. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops episode number 444. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I'm very stoked to be with James Foster and Steve DC of Strig Empire. Uh, very stoked to be with you guys. Uh, how you doing? Twenty uh, vyach, metal gods in the house uh, with Vox and Hops tonight. Uh, we've never actually met. Um, Chris Donaldson produced your latest record, All to Dominate, that just dropped back on December. Uh, this past summer, I went to Chris's house. We drank a bunch of beers, and I tried to make you a beer. I tried to make it happen in Twenty Vyach, but my my my, my power was not strong enough or i wasn't persistent enough all of that just to say how are you guys doing oh right. well, we're doing pretty well i'd say yeah pretty well we, we, we're, we're, get, we're, get, we're getting ready for the for the special uh, for the special launching show for the album uh, that's happening this weekend so oh shit we're pretty uh, yeah, we're pretty uh, up to date on this one. Well, that's good. Though. Thank, thank you for taking time out of your your busy jam schedule for the album launch uh, to sit down here on a Thursday night to have a chat with me. I appreciate you taking a break uh, three days before this gig. Yeah, you're welcome. It's a pleasure for us. Vox and Hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives and music while enjoying craft beers. Uh, now, leading towards trying to make you a beer uh, to celebrate uh, what's going on there. Uh, Chris, let me know that you guys are really into Pabst Blue Ribbon. So so talk to me about that. Let's start with that. And I feel like it's Steve that's got something to say about this. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I, I just uh, I just find that, that beer at the, 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 the cheapest uh, <laughs> uh, at the, the cheapest the cheapest price. Yes. And, and, and uh, the taste is uh, 
Very well for me. It's like uh, light, a little bit light. <laughs> and you can drink it uh, uh, every day, every hour, every hour. It's cheap, but at least it gets the job done. It, yeah. most, it most certainly does, and it snuck up us on us um, on our tour in the States because Flo tends to drink Coors Light, and everyone knows Coors Light's about 4%. And if you are used to enjoying a bunch of Coors Light and then you slip into some Pabst, which made our way into the bus cooler back in September, it was a much more rock and roll night, I'll say. Ah, <laughs> that's it. Maybe, maybe it's the reason why, you know, uh, we're, we're, we're extreme rock men and that uh, blue ribbon is fucking rock. Just uh, think about South Park uh, did uh, an episode where every time the... Uh, they open a can of blue event. It's all like, tuck, tuck. It happens every time they open up a can. <laughs> That's so funny. That's so funny. Uh, I also am enjoying um, cheap beer because it was given to me, and I like that very much. But before I get to myself, let's see what James is drinking on his side. Basic water. Not just kidding. It's vodka. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a, a half a liter of vodka. You be, like, y'all believe me? It just uh just get out from uh, from detox, you know. So oh, okay, it's important. Bit, uh, it's important to 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 clean yourself up and stay to the water and stay true to your detox. Hey, it's hip to be square. It is. It is now. Uh, it's uh, it's it's more and more that I do these episodes, and uh, I'm the only one drinking. So so this is a. Uh, Speaking of my free beer, cheap beer, uh, this is my project that I just wrapped up last year. It was Metal Injection Presents Vox and Hops' Pit Culture, where I released 30 beers across the globe, starting in Japan to Australia to, to France to Copenhagen to Mexico to here in Quebec and the States, obviously. But here in Quebec, um, I released five of them to celebrate the fifth anniversary of the podcast. And this is one of those. This is Mitoid and Kanawaki Brew. Brewings, Fighting Giants, and uh, I love both these breweries, and it's an India Pale Kolsch. It's going to be good. I'm going to crack it. I haven't had it since uh, the release party, so I'm stoked to get it. I'm going to pour this out, and I would love to hear about your very first beers. Let's start with you, Steve. What was your very first beer ever? I think it was uh, the lover from my uh, cousin. Yeah, the... the... I was in a, in a family party, and I, I was fucking young, man. How old were you? Oh man, well, I was not fucking uh, young, but uh, oh, I don't know. I was in a family party, maybe uh, 11 or 12, 12, maybe 12. Maybe 12, yeah. But maybe I I drink some uh, sip of beer or mm. something like that. But uh, this time, uh, the guy drove uh, me back to uh, the, the place I was supposed to be. Anyway, uh, we were just uh, alone together. Yeah. Alone together. Ah! <laughs> and uh, brother, brother, uh, uh, big ass can. Uh, uh, king, king, king can, can. Yeah. king can of beer man. And it was like oh, I think it was uh, like blue or blue dry or something like that. It was uh, a little bit uh, heavy, but heavy uh, for uh, first time. It, it, it's the first time I remember uh, I drink uh, that beer. I was drunk for the first time. A king can at 12 years old can hit you pretty hard, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it for as me. As long as he had good intentions for, for uh, sharing a yeah. beer with you alone together. And he's still uh, listening to Strug Empire and drinking beer. There so, you go. Uh, 
Thanks a lot, GF. <laughs> Sounds like GF is a good guy. How about you, uh, James? Do you remember your first beer? Uh, not. I don't. Uh, not. Yeah, well, yeah, I, 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 I actually lied. This is not vodka. This is water. I'm actually uh, someone who doesn't drink alcohol. I know. Lame. No, uh, no, I no. Yeah, I don't usually uh, drink alcohol uh, other than. I'm having a party. I'm having a party, and I only drink like uh, how you say strong, strong alcohol, like a hard vodka liquor, vodka. Yeah, yeah, because I don't know, beer just doesn't do it for me because I I don't like um, fizzy drinks and uh, as a as a as is, <laughs> and uh, yeah, the the only time I I, I think I, I drank beer was at back in. Hey, because that's it. The guy they don't remember, man. I was there when he <laughs> drank his first beer, and all the shops, man. He was yeah, the, the, the first night we were done uh, setting up the the camp, and uh, I, we went back. We went uh, into the camping site to look for you because uh, you went looking for something with William, and uh, uh-huh. I, I just we went to a bar, and someone gave me a, a glass and poured me beer, and I I was like, what do I do with this? <laughs> All right, so that's a start. It's a start. It's a, it's, a, it's a nice German lager, though. So so Vakken tends to to have a bunch of delicious light lagers to keep the metalheads hydrated I, I, and in shape for multiple multiple shows and many more beers. I, yes. I would have regretted being at Vakken and not getting drunk on beer. That would have been a mistake. <laughs> We're gonna build up to Vakken. I want to hit Vakken. I have a whole spot about this that I want to talk about. We're getting there. Uh, classic Vox and Hops question. Uh, the soundtrack of your youths when you were growing up in your parents' or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? And let's start with James on this one. Uh, my mom listens to a lot of Quebecers uh, music like uh, Mario Pelcha. Uh, but my dad, uh, my dad is a big music fanatic, and is mostly why uh, I'm into metal so much because he listens. Well, he's been listening to all, all kinds of metal, uh, all kinds of uh, metal music, uh, rock and jazz, blues, and uh, all of that kind of stuff. So I've always been around music since I was a child, or basically born. And I, I feel like uh, it's only logical that I've turned out a musician because I've always been around music my entire life. Well, thank you to your dad. That's important to, to uh, cater and culture our children with the things that we love. And uh, hopefully, maybe they won't rebel against us and they might enjoy it when they get older. <laughs> what what you were uh, listening to? Are uh, your parents when you were... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. My mom was an, was an aerobics instructor for the first oh. 20 years of my life. So when I was a young child up until... I want to say 10 years ago, my mom was teaching aerobics. She went through it all. Like every, every fad of aerobics that there was, my mom hit it. She did the Pilates. She did the tie bow. She had the step and the music that went along with it. So that was definitely a lot of that. And funnily, I was at work yesterday and I put on like a 90s dance playlist and all of the parents that were coming because I work in a daycare and my coworkers were like, Matt, I can't believe this music's coming out of your room. And I'm like, it reminds me of my mom. So so that's that one side of it. And then my dad was the rocker. My dad loved Boston, Journey, Metallica, Bon Jovi. He was like, I guess he had a little bit more towards the hair metal than anything else. But uh, I definitely discovered Metallica in the car with my dad. How about you uh, there, uh, Steve? What, what was the soundtrack of your youth? I listened a lot of Bon Jovi. Me, me and Johnny, me and Johnny Depp. You know, uh, from uh, it's our mom. 
uh, where we, you know, John I, you know, and Richie, oh, Hell yeah. so, yes, so uh, we were singing a lot of uh, hard rock format, but it was like from uh, from Abba, from Abba to Bon Jovi for the, the parts of my mom. My dad was more into uh, country stuff, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Brian Adams, yep. Brian Adams. Yeah, that bon was Jovi. in the car with my dad, too. Yes. I remember driving but, in the car. I was always in the car with my dad. And uh, Brian Adams is one. I'm going to run to you, that song there. Damn it. I'm going to run to you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Take me to we your were, first shows. We were, we were in the same car. I think it may be <laughs> the brother I forgot I had. Um, take me to your first shows. Do you remember the first live music you went to go see? The very first show. And are you guys always from Tori Viag? Is another side question. Uh, my first show that i remember seeing was uh what were tribute bands were cover bands of uh, ecdc and uh kiss which was called kissed which were oh, actually yeah. uh friends of my dad's friend and uh, so we went there and it was a it was a great show because i, I loved ecdc back in the time i was like probably 11 but this wasn't uh yeah i'm from i'm not from Torigia. i was born in Cetil, okay. which is uh yeah, yeah. which is on the but uh yeah it was probably just a small event over there there's not a lot of things going on over there not a lot of music and artists uh, are willing to go play there it's a trek you got to drive up and then you got to drive back which is <laughs> yeah it's, it's just is it is it worth it maybe but i'm not willing to do it right now <laughs> same i've never done it <laughs> How about you, uh, Steve? Steve, your your first show that you went to go see? The the very first show I I, I saw, uh, it was uh, at the, the elementary school. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, perfect. Uh, elementary school, I yeah. think, is a high school. Uh, high school. High school, high school, school is uh, secondary. So so was it yeah, high school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was in high school. I was to see a show from the student, and it was the first time I uh, I was in front of a. Uh, a light, a light set up, and yeah. a, a real, a real playing with microphone and all that. Yeah, it, it was like, uh, oh, okay, it, it, it was, uh, it's the thing I, I want to do, and it was the first time I, I saw a show, and a concert, and it was. I want to do this, man. Wow, the itch right from that time. That's awesome. I do have a memory. I think one of my first earliest bands playing that I saw was, I'm not sure I said this on the podcast, and it's funny because I've talked about this a lot with other people, is um, in high school as well, I went to go see the local band, like the high school band was playing the school dance, and I was in secondary one, which is uh, grade seven, and this band was playing, and they were called Crud, and I was standing front stage, Crud with a K, of course, front stage, I'm standing in front of the singer, and it was so loud, and then he passes me the microphone to sing, and I, I don't know the songs, because I didn't have this, this education yet, and it was Bro Him from Pennywise. Oh, from Pennywise! It was, it was, and I totally didn't know the words, and the guy was like, Psh. He was like, what's wrong with you? You know, and it's so simple and it's repetitive. But I do remember waking up and or going to bed that night and my ears ringing. And that's probably the first early onset of my tinnitus that I have now. But <laughs> true story. That's that's true. Um, how about your first times on stage? Let's build up to that. Ooh, my first time on stage, I think it was uh, with my first time. On, with Well, technically, it was uh, with my... Uh, 
high school band. Well, it was a it was a how do you say a symphony band. Really? And, okay, uh, cool. The how do you say harmony? It was called. It was a, spe a special class for only uh, musical students in that's high school. That's awesome. That's awesome. My, my high school didn't have that, so I, that's cool that uh, that you had that experience. Yeah, and my first show was in uh, secondary one, and so uh, we did we did three shows per year every year, and I went there for four four years in a row. So my first show was uh, was in high school, basically. Was it on drums automatically? Yes, I was on percussion since, uh, since day one. I knew I, I wanted I knew I wanted to play the drums, but since I was uh, I had a I, I didn't have my growth spurts yet, so I was just like four four two and four four. I was I was too small to play the, on the drum set. So uh, every everybody taller than me would just pick me up and move me off the Aww. set. So uh, <laughs> I started, so I was just playing the drums at home. But when I was in high school, I was playing other percussion stuff like cymbals and triangles and such. Well, it's, it's all a, it's a learning curve, and every experience that you're exposed to is something that you can use elsewhere. The drum set in the house was that your dad's? My dad bought me one because I uh, I kept I kept uh, wanting to uh, I kept bothering my parents to buy me the drum kit for the for the rock band game. Yes, and he was like, "No, I'll get you even better." Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, <laughs> oh, fuck off! Yeah, real said that even he, when he was young, he wanted to buy a drum set, but his parents didn't want to. So now he buys himself a drum set for me and for him. That's but I, I, uh, I out practiced him. <laughs> so, there there uh, is a little bit more time being a young <laughs> adolescent than an adult, sadly. He bought that. I was 11, and uh, at 11, I started playing the drums, and uh, I stopped around 2013 for about a year, but then I started listening to metal. Uh, I started re-listening to metal because I got the... I told, I, well, I was just starting listening uh, to electro electronic music, but then I listened to Set Iowa once again, and it brought me all the all these... Uh, all these crushing, Alviga. How how do you say that word? These crushing feelings to beat up a drum. Yes, and were you like, Dad? I need a double kick at this point. Oh yeah, he already <laughs> bought me one. He had already bought you one. <laughs> <laughs> he bought it with a drum set. Okay, and, and it came my... with an iron cobra. That's sick. <laughs> Actually, that uh, I have an iron cobra right now, but I bought it for myself because the old one was a was a Gibraltar. Okay. And... Ah! But. My first, my first show as a drummer was uh, with my very first band. I think it was called New Young Generation. We only did one show. It was a Halloween show, and uh, we just did uh, uh, some covers. I think we did, uh, uh, we did uh, Welcome to the Jungle, really? uh, Born, Born to Be Wild, and uh, what's it called? What's it called? Pour some sugar on me, and. Uh, da, 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 da. Talk dirty to me. That's right. There you that's go. The so so all, all, the, all the panty melters. Yeah. <laughs> Did, was there a change after that? When I joined a band in high school, all of a sudden I became more interesting to certain a certain demographic of the high school <laughs> population. What did, what did that happen to you, James? <laughs> my high school was not a was not fond of my uh, my metal drumming. Oh. <laughs> Really? I was even in harmony, I, like like the, the the harmony class yeah, didn't get because, it. Well, you know, it's not uh, Sicily is not a big town, and uh, when you are when you get out of the when you're out of a uh, how what do you how do you the, say the norm? Uh, let's say yeah. the, the, the norm. Yeah, the typical music that uh, a young a youngster listens to. I I was always listening to Slipknot back in the day and Slayer and heavy shit, but. 
people just <laughs> thought I was weird and listened to just noise. People that, that just don't get it. But when I moved out to Trois-Rivières, I, I immediately, immediately the first week at school, I, I already made other metalhead friends. And that was kind of cool. That's awesome. I, <laughs> I have a whole thing about Trois-Rivières coming up next. But first, I want to hear, uh, Steve, your first time on stage. What's that story? I was in uh, uh, grade five. Wow. Okay. Fifth grade. Yeah. At, at the at elementary school. Yes. <laughs> because I I I got a older brother who was uh, already in music, you know. Because my father was playing drum too. Nice. So uh, my uh, my bro was and uh, was playing guitar and uh, was listening to uh, to metal. I was listening to a lot of uh, punk rock music before before to uh, listening to metal because. Uh, uh, Eleven years old. Uh, I was listening to uh, my 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 bro was listening to uh, things like uh, D side or stuff like that and all like, the uh, heavy crypto, shit, yeah. crypto city or things like that. And it was, <laughs> was like in my whoa, mamma mia! I don't understand what <laughs> is going on. So I was listening to a lot of punk rock music, but at the time I, I was remember we played uh, my my uh, brother. Uh, Give me a guitar or something like that. Like I, I got a, a guitar and I was uh, be able to play uh, the first or the two or three. I don't know if I was playing uh, them uh, correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but, <laughs> yes, but enough but so it, that you could you could make it work it for was, a show. Uh, uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, Sweet Dreams. Nice. Yes. Yeah, it was like a party. It was a Halloween party. You know, Both of you know, guys, I, Halloween parties. Oh, yes. Look at that. Wow, and I, I, I got to. Uh, it was the first time I, I just tell to uh, uh, a friend, uh, okay, your old, your old brother uh, got a drums at your place. You want to uh, play drum uh, with me? And I was leading a band for the first time. Nice, right out of the so gate. We, we played uh, Marilyn Manson, uh, Sweet Dream, and. Uh, Bushex, yes. Gasoline. Yes. Oh yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> but just guitar. Were you doing were you doing vocals too or just guitars then? I, I was playing a guitar, but it was a bass player and a drum. Okay. And we were in a grade five. Oh, oh that's sick. That's crazy. That's crazy. I know those are those parties that when you only have a few songs and then you finish and then you start them again for some reason. <laughs> you you play sweet dreams. Again. <laughs> again, and again. I... Sweet dream, bro. Him. <laughs> Same Glycerine. time, you know. <laughs> Talk to me about Twenty Vier. Um, I feel like it has a special aura about it, probably because of my experience playing there so often at Twenty Vier Metal Fest. Um, I feel like Twenty Vier is somewhat more metal than Montreal. I don't know if I'm wrong there. I don't know if you guys. Being from there now and running a band from there now, do you feel like you feel trapped or you would benefit from being in Montreal, getting more, let's say, opening slots for touring bands coming through? What 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 is what is the entity of your band and Twenty Vier have tied together? Well, we uh, the band formed in uh, the the band formed didn't even form in Trois Rivières at first. I think uh, it started in your high school. 
with the yeah. with the others. Yeah, but, but we were from a campaign, you know, they from yeah. the village. The country, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. out of the country. country. So, but uh, for a long, a long period of time, we were like from uh, Drummondville. Okay. Oh so, wow. Okay. Because we are from the South Shore. Okay. Of, wow. Uh, River. But uh, eventually, eventually everybody moved up to here. So, like, like I said, I'm not even from here. I'm from Cetil, but I ended up moving in 2015. But uh, I don't think that uh, moving out no, of the city. No. I think that Trois-Rivières is actually perfect for us because it's in the perfect middle for for any any big city. Like, it's in between Montreal and Quebec, and it's and it's it, it's close to the to the bridge to cross the to cross the Saint Lawrence River. So it's it, I think it's a bit, very good spot for to to set up a band because well I mean it never being being here never stopped us from going anywhere I mean we played to, to from Toronto to Montreal to from Toronto to Amqui we played everywhere in Quebec and uh, well and we're still playing we're still playing a lot of other venues with it because well Paul I think. Uh, it's in the center of all the all these uh, these places. I we were we were playing a lot of gigs uh, this year with uh, Vortex. From, oh yeah, uh, I love them. Yeah, from from Rimouski, and <clears throat> we played at Amqui, Rimouski, Sanne, and it's like what the fuck, man! Every time. You get out to to play music, man. You have to do yeah, you you, like a five hours, six hours. It's always it's always a big ride, and you have to carry all that all that shit in a trailer. Well, <laughs> and I think, all you know, the gas and all the ah. shitty gas station food, but we do it because we love it. That's the reason why, man. You're you're doing it for uh, you're doing it for a lot of time, maybe. I've been in Cryptopsy for 16 years now. This year, I guess we're we're, we're moving on to my 17th year, uh, very shortly. And ah. talk to me about 20 Down Metal Fest, though. I think that uh, it came back this year. Cryptopsy was supposed to be a part of it. I was a bit disappointed we didn't get to do it, but we had to make a decision on that one. That was out of our hands. Uh, I feel like the festival is something important for Quebec, especially with Heavy Montreal, who does present and will be presenting this episode, and I love them, but the festival doesn't exist anymore or is on hiatus and has been on hiatus for quite some time. Um, I feel like 20 Val Metal Fest is important. What is your relationship with that fest? Uh, I've been... Uh, I played with uh, with uh, Samuel Landry. Uh, who uh, was leading uh, our fiction for uh, a long time and, and was uh, in the the founder uh, member of the the River Metal Fest and uh, and uh, I saw all all the the, the the old thing I I was uh, like a, a volunteer I was volunteer for like a six year uh, maybe uh, at the you know that wonderful metal building that didn't sound very good at all (laughs) it is better now so sound kojiko is uh is is really very good and i'm sure that it was awesome this year yes uh maybe uh maybe maybe uh but uh 
next year. We will see. I will see. Um, lots of love to the the Twenty Vale Metal Fest crew. Um, they can send us an offer, and we could we could talk about it. But I hope that they've forgiven us for for not being a part of this year's because it was definitely not a personal thing. It was a business decision on our end. Talk yeah. to us about working with Donaldson. Talk to everyone. Talk to me. Talk to me about working with Donaldson, my guitarist. Uh, he produced, uh, he mixed, he mastered, all to dominate your brand new record. What was your decision process like to go and work with Donaldson? Uh, I think that uh, we were brainstorming at one point because we we were searching for someone to uh, for, for recording the new album. And... Uh, I yep. think that uh, Johnny Dead uh, threw up the idea of Chris Donatson. He he threw up a bunch of of his albums that he had produced, and we were listening to it, and we were looking up uh, how much it could possibly cost, and we we were like, yeah, yes, we we should we should, and we all agreed to uh, we all agreed on to to try to pick up him. So we I think we did a submission, and uh, it got uh, it got accepted by the end. And uh, we saved, we we kept saving and we kept saving money for uh, for a long time before doing the submission, especially just for this, just for the recording of the album. So we already had some kind of money uh, in our back pocket to uh, for the for this uh, for this recording. And, uh, and for every uh, for everybody who has played music and uh, didn't know if he have to if he should. Uh, not, not because it's not expensive. Uh, really not. The the reason why at, at the at the beginning, Johnny just listened to everybody, every producer in the in the the area, uh, and he just told us uh, Chris just sounding uh, so. It's a fucking great man. I'm, I'm glad you say it. I, I do definitely think that he's underappreciated. And uh, a lot of, had he, we, we talk about this a lot, me and Chris, is uh, if he lived in the States, hypothetically, would he be more high profile? I keep pushing him to charge more. So I apologize to, to everyone that, that will want to work with him in the future because me and whenever he talks about anything, well, it's just you got to charge more and eventually you'll be, people will think that you're worth more. Yes. So, so I apologize to to you guys if you want to go back to him, but maybe he'll give you like a friend deal. How was that experience working with Chris, and and what are you? Were you what was what was like the the whole experience like? At the beginning, we were like, yeah, he sound like fucking big man and huge. Everything he does sounds great, and every every band he he works with sounds amazing. It sounds big. It sounds huge. But uh, he, we weren't sure because we knew that Chris was playing in Kurtopsy and every most of the bands that he keeps producing were all big bands with extreme brutal death metal and big extreme music. So we weren't sure if he was gonna gonna like our style because uh, because we tend to move from genre to genre uh, in each of our songs. It's never it's never like the same the same style in uh, for the for the entire uh, album. So we weren't sure if he was gonna dig it, but he, he ended up really uh, having a lot of fun uh, and really digging the the songs that were recorded. And uh, for for me, the recording went uh, super well. It, uh, the entire drums drum tracks were recorded were recorded in four days, went super well. And uh, the other guys, I think that the Johnny De- Johnny De- De- did a lot of a lot of work with Chris uh, for this album. Yes, too. 
Personally, I'm not uh, very. Uh, I'm not the. Uh, you're, let's say you're not the. You're not the one to be uh, especially on time with practice and. Uh, <laughs> but when we have to uh, to to do something, I I would be there. But uh, yeah, he does it. Yeah, I'm a hard worker, but we're we're recording with a guy who's playing. Uh, what what is a. Oh, and you are the singer from that band. <laughs> he, oh, he is. He is very, very, very fun to work with for vocals. I don't know if you recorded with him, but that experience of tracking vocals with Chris is—he comes up with these ideas and patterns, and he's extremely difficult. He pushed me to uh, to a, a level that I I, uh, I can't reach. Uh, Without him. Now, now the struggle is, and it's something that all singers have to go through, and you're about to do it this coming weekend, which will have be in the past when this episode comes out, is now you need to do it live. Did yeah. you struggle with that? Did you did you have to ov- oh, overcome really? that? Yeah. Like, like yeah. oh, this album's amazing. I'm so happy with this vocal recording that Chris made me get out of myself. And then you go to start practicing and doing it live, and you're like, God damn it. And you have to put some work in to <laughs> hey. be able to do it. Hey, man. Man. And you, for, for your part. Uh, 100%. I, mean, I have, there's a hundred times that I'm like, motherfucking Chris Donaldson. <laughs> ah, man. Man, for me, it's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> go to the gym. Oh, no. Okay. I will do it live and do... <laughs> a live oh. version, yeah. <laughs> I will... Uh... <laughs> You will modify it. Shame on me. There is one. There was. There is one part in Lascivious Undivine, the, the first track from the new record, that there's one syllable that I can't do, and I just breathe on it because it's. It's. Well, I can do it, but I can do it in in a voice that I'd rather not do it in. So I I, I sacrifice one syllable with a breath. Hey, what's up, Fox and Hops heads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Something that you guys did last year was massively very cool, and I was very proud of you guys. Even though I'd never met you, uh, you won the the Vacan battle for Canada. You went to Vacan. You played at Vacan. Talk to me about your mindset just signing up to a contest first off because you know you're not young guys i know myself that i will not do contests anymore because we know what goes into that you invite your friends you got to get voted through it's a whole thing so so why did you say yes or even apply in the first place obviously the answer is because it's fucking vacan but i want your side of it yes that's the reason why man <laughs> uh, i don't i uh 
I was uh, subscribed to uh, uh, John Asher newsletter from uh, Firm Revolution. Shout out to John uh, for putting this interview together. Yes, all that, all that. And I saw, uh, I saw he made it. It was like paying it back in. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? Some people that tell tells me, uh, okay. You don't win the the. the you didn't the, win, you didn't win the the, the entire, entire the entire competition. Will, will you uh, will you uh, subscribe uh, another time there and uh, will you come? And I said yes. Mm, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want I, I I don't want people to remember me because I uh, I uh, I win a, a competition. You know they. The Strig Empire is more than the the winner of that. Yeah, I think they. uh, So no, uh, and uh, it would be a pleasure for me to to see uh, other band uh, get there because they 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 win the the contest. But no, not for me. I I did the experience once, and I'm I'm really uh, I'm really uh, proud man. Sure. I'm happy with it because uh, because we just got a lot more uh, exposure. Yeah, and visibility is definitely a lot more eyes on you guys. Would you, after everything you're saying, before I get James' side of this, would you encourage other bands to do it? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Go because, for it. Because uh, even even before thinking about the competition, we, we have to think about uh, all the, the entire process that we... Uh, I practice more than uh, you became a much more in better shape musician because of all the shows and the yes the this little wins and I, I winning is fun though it does feel good yeah yeah you know when you got your balls to the walls you yeah know? it feels good it feels good because you don't know you wake up that morning and you're like it's like a playoff hockey you know you wake up in the morning and your team could be eliminated or you can go through and and you guys went through multiple rounds multiple rounds you have to listen to uh, every every, com- every even comment if, even if yeah. you win even if you win a battle uh never think that you uh you're you are the one oh no never no 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 christian donaldson lets me know that all the time um yes. the <laughs> the um for people that don't know uh the vacan battle you you win it and there's multiple stages and you go through like the local one the quebec one and then there's like other ones that go through and then you have to compete against everyone that won in all the regions for the the country so you guys win that you go to vakin and then you play the thursday i think or the wednesday uh i think we played tuesday the tuesday even so it's like the it's like the warming up part of Vakin. So tell me this exposure. You you finally get there. You're at Vakin. You're in the camping. You drink a bunch of beer because someone gave you a beer. You take some shots. Uh, you're looking for Steve. Uh, what is this show like? Did it live up to the expectation? All of the stress, all of the buildup, all of these levels, that time on stage, was it worth it? Well, I only thought about it once I got done with the yeah. show. <laughs> Isn't that funny? How that, yeah. <laughs> But the, after the show got done, I was like, "Wow, all right, this was worth this was worth it." But it was even even it, after the first even even after the show was done, we still had 
we still had to uh, the entire festival to ourselves. So we we ended up partying the entire uh, the entire week at Vacan, and uh, that's when we truly uh, we I think that's when I realized that uh, yeah, this was worth it. And, your your, uh, your camps your campsite stayed dry. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know it was more like uh, I think you 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 played there, huh? I've played back in once, yeah. The hour before was uh, not uh, like uh, the for us. For us, know? it was it was a clusterfuck. I've talked about it on the podcast before that we were super late and we showed up like right before and we stepped on stage and I was handed a mic that wasn't even mine and we just had to go. So it wasn't very, it was very, very stressful. And then we had a good time at Vakken. I've heard you, I've heard you were like uh, rushing by the airport and then. No, we had played a gig the day before and then we had a very, very, very long drive and a driver that didn't want to put the work in that needed to be put in, <laughs> which is good for his, he listened to his body and we have to respect that. But, but it, it, it put us in a very, very, very stressful situation. Um, when you win, sorry, I don't know the answer to this and I don't want to throw the Vakken people under the bus here. When you win, what do you win? You win passes to the entire festival. You win a chance to play the opening night, the pre-party. Uh, do they pay your plane tickets? Does that have to come out of you guys? Uh, when, uh, when you win the, the third round, we, uh, we got, well, first of all, we got a ticket to go to Vakken and, uh, we, we've had... Uh, about a thousand or two thousand dollars, thousand a thousand dollars for the for the trip, but it was clearly not enough. No, plane tickets is about five thousand euros for a band to go somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but uh, they gave us uh, they they gave us yeah they they it's the, they gave us a cool uh, banner the banner for the second round uh, back in middle battle they gave us the banner and uh, but, but that's about the all the the. Uh, any prize they gave us because the real the real prizes that you could get were at Vacan when uh, you would uh, compete against the uh, the thief the oh, 30 okay so, uh, so all the other people that came and won across the globe compete then at Vacan yes and, oh, uh, see, I missed then, that part of it and then there's uh, there's a lot of there's still a lot of just uh, judges that uh, who would uh, watch the show and you would know we would know the winner of the uh, of the definitive uh, Vacan Metal Battle 2023 uh, on Friday, but uh, we did, we weren't on the top five list, so we didn't win anything. But the prize were like uh, the top five were would each get a guitar and a symbol, and uh, that, I think that's that. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's it's more about the exposure, you know, the exposure yeah, and like who the judges are. Hypothetically, like there's a dude from Nuclear Blast or Century Media sitting in yeah. the crowd that day and they see you guys and then they're like oh shit who's this band i feel like that happened to crimson shadows hypothetically which yes. is another canadian band that got picked up yeah. after their experience yeah. at Vakken. The, well there's a lot of good things that happened too at Vakken. the not enough uh yes, well not just physical prizes ah yeah we got a lot of contacts we've made a lot of uh we've made a lot of friends with uh other the other bands that were playing there uh, we met we met bosses for fuck's sake i was hey. happy Okay, we are there in and back in, but uh, uh, how many times we we have uh, food and uh, how long air? Do, how long do we have food and, and, and water? And, and, and it's just like a, like a, then like cryptopsy or megadeth or something like that. You know, you're there for one day. You play your play your date and uh, you then leave. you go. You live. Correct. Or like. 
there for five five days. And then you have to go purchase your own food and your own water and yeah. everything. No, not really. <laughs> no. We got a we got a bit tr- we got a bit tricky. You you are Quebecois, and we tend to do that. And I'm proud of us for doing that. <laughs> ah, hey, we did it well. Don't, like, don't, uh, it's okay to fuck the system if the, if the system fucks you first. I agree. I totally agree. I have. I'm proud of you guys. I'm glad you guys did it. I'm excited to see what comes from this. You're, you're doing your your. All to dominate CD launch. It will have just happened when the episode comes out. Uh, you're doing it in the next few days. I hope that it, it goes off smashingly. I hope you have a great time. Um, you know, it happens to everyone every once in a while. And hypothetically, the day after the CD launch, so Sunday morning, um, you might have a hangover. And this is the classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. I'd like to know your hangover cures. So when you wake up after your CD launch, all to dominate... What are you going to do to make yourself feel better? I don't know if I will wake up uh, from that night. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't anticipated it yet. Yes. Uh, I I turn myself to be uh, uh, tranquil. To, uh, yeah, to, be, to be calm on the, uh, on, uh, by the, the end of the, of the show. All, all, no, no, no. No. <laughs> all that week. All that week. All right. Le- leading up to it. So that that night you can really give it. Yeah, I will give, give everything I have. <laughs> and maybe I will uh, wake up, scrap. Scrap uh, that uh, neck, yeah. Uh, Monday morning. <laughs> I will get back into uh, that mindset. Mm-hmm. And maybe eat a poutine or something very uh, strong. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the poutine, the classic Quebecois hangover cure. Yeah. Uh, J- James, you won't have any problem because you're not going to overindulge. Well, if I have a hangover, my my cure is vomit and weed. So yep. that's it. That's Another my classic. cure. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, James, thank you so so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking about craft beer, talking about your experience at Vakin, talking about your brand new record, All to Dominate. Working with Christian Donaldson, this has been a blast. Uh, I'm proud of you guys. I'm stoked to see you live. Um, let's hang out soon. Massive cheers, guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks to you. Yes. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right today. And you know that I love and appreciate that. Man, this was an awesome conversation. I am so proud of these dudes from Twati Vial going all the way from Twati Vial to Vakin and now far beyond. I am also extremely excited the way that Steve explained that he does not want Vakin to be the sum all end all of the band. String Empire is much bigger than their experience of Vakin. And I think it's genius and smart and very. Um, a great way to approach his career to think that there's only bigger things coming. So massive, massive cheers to Steve and James for hanging out with me. Uh, Go check out that brand new record that Christian Donaldson just worked on. It's an absolute banger. Now, if you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast's mailing list. You can do that on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive one email a week that contains all of the details of everything that has happened in the world of the Vox and Hops 
Post Metal Podcast. You will get to see which episodes I dropped recently. You will also get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to hear about any projects I have in the works for the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, and you will also be updated on whatever I got going on with Cryptopsy. That's right. Cryptopsy, we just dropped our brand new album back in September of 2023, and we are doing a whole bunch of stuff. We are planning a massive 2024, starting with that European tour, uh, the unquestionable blasphemy tour with Atheist that's coming up at the end of February. It's running all across Europe until the end of March. You also get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently, and you will get to see which albums Jerry Monk, Vox and Hops' metal architect, has added to the Brutal Awakenings playlist. There's always a lot of stuff going on in the world of the Vox and Hops metal podcast, and I hate when you miss a single thing, so do me a favor and sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hops metal podcast is brought to you by Sound, Talent Media, and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer rest of the week. I will be back next week with one episode with Roar Cal on Tuesday, but until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops hits. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold, and I've got a podcast called Drinks with Johnny you're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life, from professional wrestlers to actors, comedians, fighters, musicians, everything in between. I'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it. So if that sounds like something you're into, go check out Drinks with Johnny, streaming everywhere now.